to Think see. About it. Yeah, you go, you're supposed to go to the dentist mm-hmm. at regular interview, well, some, intervals. Some okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie. It's not the be- it's not the place that I'm in a hurry to go to. Yeah, but they, yeah, they, they tell me they always <laughs> want to try and take out teeth out, but it's okay. <laughs> but they say you're supposed to just go have your teeth checked mm-hmm. or go to the doctors just for a checkup. Mm-hmm. But why don't we feel that we can do that with our mental, mental health. health because we're not especially in an African household I can't speak yes. for other households yes. I just know of the African household we're it's, in an African household we're, we're, yes <laughs> African households you know um, mental illness is seen as a taboo yeah. it is you know even Welcome to Colour Out The Box podcast and as always, this is Mo and this week I'm joined by the lovely Alex. Thank you, thanks for having me. Introduce yourself Alex. So I'm Alex, I am a podcaster as well, so Mm -hmm. I have a podcast called Advice With Alex and Friends. Which is very good. Thank you, I really appreciate that. I was mentioning to you, like, I first came and um, heard about your podcast because mm-hmm. you had um, a guest, um, um, Big Wahala. Big from, Wahala, yeah. From ESN From ESN, podcast. yeah. Um, and then so I was like, oh, okay, let me go and listen. So I listened to that episode. Then I was looking at your episode titles. Yeah. And I think there was one, the what one that attracted me, um, something about a wig. Uh, oh, okay, that's the Meek Mill one. <laughs> we talked about wigs. So that was with me and my friend Kafar, and we talked about... Oh yeah, I, I, Meek Mill was saying something about he doesn't like women doesn't that like wear wigs or whatever lace fronts. Lace fronts. Like, okay, fine. But I, I, but literally, I was going through the titles. I was like, oh, let me listen to this one. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, do, um, I definitely would recommend people to go and listen to it. And you're similar to myself. You're like a solo solo podcaster. podcaster yeah. So each week you have um, a new guest on. Yes. Anything. And what kind of things do you guys discuss? We talk about pretty much everything. I mean, we don't we don't talk about sex as in the acts i think you know kind of sex no yeah <laughs> sex. right so that's the one thing i think that we don't necessarily talk yeah. about um i feel like it it can be quite uncomfortable my- to be honest <laughs> i i have talked about dating yeah, online. Da- yeah. i've talked about relationships mm-hmm. i've talked about babies right We've even talked about, you know, the, you know, female and male anatomy. Yeah. But in terms of the, the sex. actual act. <laughs> yeah. We we've, don't, yeah. Not, I don't want to talk I've not about ventured that. there just yet. And yeah. Anything. But there's a lot of really other good podcasts that, that I'll specialise in that. And mine isn't one of them. Okay. So, <laughs> so you go over there. <laughs> so don't go to, to, don't listen to Advice with Alex and Friends yeah. for the sex. Yeah. But if you want to just listen to maybe like people have conversations. Yeah. About and, all sorts of things. Yeah. And yeah. You have quite a diverse, like, mix of guests mm-hmm. so each week is quite different to the previous episode yeah, yeah. okay well um listen to a clip uh, which i'll insert right here um staff room <laughs> the staff like there was once upon a time oh i used God. to have like i'll call it anxiety about what i'm bringing yeah, in because, to yeah, the, because they're gonna come yeah but from the you know like when you're warming it up you know this not what's that smell like yeah, whatever it yeah. is and i'm like i'm Fist bringing thing. in basic it could be even just basic jello fries like i know okay alex so you're you're a podcast pro right <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess, well, I guess so, kind of. <laughs> no, you are, you are. Thank You're you. podcast friends. So we, this is going to be a good episode anyway. So um, I think we'll just go straight into the topics. And the first one I wanted to talk about was social anxiety. Mm. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it was because of, I don't know if you've heard of Summer Walker. Yeah, Summer Walker, yeah. Yes, Um I am not as familiar with her music. Mm-hmm, neither am I, but I, I know her. Yeah, I know her <laughs> album cover. Yeah, I know I've... the album cover. I know her face very, very well. I know she's dating. Yes. Yeah. London on the beat. London, London on the track. And London on the track as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I sound very auntie-ish just then. Um, yeah, and um, I listened to some of her music this morning, actually, just to kind of like, just to give me a vibe. Really, really lovely voice, actually. Really short tracks, yeah. Yeah, is that what people do in these days? Um, yes, because I think how it works is that you get paid for a certain amount of time oh. per track, and anything surplus, obviously you don't you don't get paid. For You're almost like given for free. For free. So artists back in the day, they didn't care. They just wanted to yeah. give you all. I mean, I'm I'm used to like a good seven minute Earth Wind <laughs> yeah. and Fire track, an interlude, you know, prelude, all that. Yeah, stuff. of course, <laughs> talking. <laughs> Outro, you know. Yeah, that's what we paid for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, the people these days they don't. They yeah, because I what, heard what you... I heard her songs are quite short. Yeah. See, anything less than three minutes, I'm, I'm not really. Yeah. yeah. She she has like I think like one minute, one minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that for me. That's like an interlude. It is because like, you know um, Faith Evans' albums. Her interludes were like um, two minutes. Mm-hmm. And some of them are really good. They'll, you'll be like, oh, I wish this was a song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so Summer Walker. Yeah. So she was on tour mm-hmm. and she recently basically decided to stop her tour. Mm-hmm. And she cited um, the reason being that she has social anxiety mm-hmm. and for her own well-being and mental health, she decided that she was going to take a break for the foreseeable future. Right. What do you think? Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to finish this tour because it doesn't really coexist with my social anxiety and, um, my introverted personality. Um, but I, I really hope that people understand and respect that at the end of the day, I'm a person. I have feelings. Um, you know, I get tired. I get sad. Um, and it's just a lot. I think she needs to not do what she's doing at the moment. Ah. Personally. Personally. Okay. Um, I think that her social anxiety, when I when I see clips of her performance, she just does not want to be there. Yeah. And I'm when I think of a performer, I think of Beyonce. Yeah. And I think of all the years that Beyonce has put in. Yes. And I think of, like, I've seen her live, like, that. as far as I'm concerned, I never got to see Michael Jackson live, so I don't know what it was like seeing him or, or Prince or, you know, these greats. But for me, in my generation, Beyonce is the, like, pinnacle, yeah. okay? Um, and I'm sure that there were many times in her, in her career where she didn't, you know... Yeah... The only thing I would say, okay, okay. so Beyonce is is a different generation. Right. I feel like with the whole internet age, you have people that 
can just blow up overnight yeah, yeah. because maybe something has gone viral mm-hmm. so you've gone from say like singing in your room and then maybe gone you've gone to studio like three times mm-hmm. to all of a sudden you've got a record deal right and you know you're like you know you're number two on like itunes chart or something like that and mm-hmm. i feel like though summer walker has been doing it for a while in terms of like artist development has she, yeah she doesn't they have don't any. really do that nope. anymore like they don't really do that whole like you know let's start small gigs you know maybe you're you're singing to like a room full of like you know 20 people then it's 100 people mm-hmm. then it's a thousand then you're doing arenas whereas she's jumped straight to like arena status also i get the um, analogy of beyonce Mm -hmm. adele doesn't perform live that much Mm -hmm. and she says that she i'm not sure if it's social anxiety but i know that she doesn't like performing yeah and but she doesn't show that that's the difference no but she doesn't perform that much okay so then that's what i'm saying so someone needs to not do it like Uh, oh so you when you say she needs to not do i thought you meant she needs not to be a singer oh no 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 no, okay (laughs) summer's music is great it's short but great okay um and no i felt that shade (laughs) there's there's no denying that she shouldn't sing i believe that she should sing okay but if it's a case of all you want to do is just make your music put your album out yeah and keep it moving then so be it right maybe like she can do you know little um like live lounges yeah yeah also that kind of thing because i out that way because i saw her you know where they sing in like the record shop kind yeah of thing, even um, that she didn't want to be there and that <laughs> shop is so cute because yeah when you see i don't know if you've heard of Ar- ari lennox yes yeah love she's, her she's so nice absolutely love her when Gorgeous you see her well. yeah in her element in that yeah porch, she owns it that is small so she's someone's like this like yeah. singing like if you don't want to do it, sis, don't do it. Yeah. It's not by force. It's actually not by force. Mm, the only thing I would say is, okay, so putting aside um, Summer, I, my person, myself, I think I have sometimes social anxiety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can be quite, well, I am introverted. Yeah. And which is, which people find quite strange because people think that an introvert, basically you don't talk or, you know, you're super shy. Yeah. But it just means that in terms of human interaction, it can be quite overwhelming, yeah. especially like in big crowds. And I get to a point, normally on a Friday after I've been at work with people, you know, working all week i'm like okay on a friday night i just can't talk to anybody mm-hmm. so i get that kind of thing and like i said i i think she's someone that loves music but the only thing about her not touring especially in this like again digital age you kind of need the tour to make money mm-hmm. yeah you you do that's what makes you money not that album sales you, yeah so someone like you know beyonce adele they've come from an era where they've sold like physical copies of records mm-hmm. whereas those streams they don't really you have to do a lot to get the kind of money that yeah people from like that are selling physical copies could so you kind of need to tour because that's probably where you're making the most of your money yeah so for her it's not just like about her mental health like it's a business decision as well it is yeah but ultimately you know i'm sure that we've all in our places of work especially Mm. now you know if you wake up one day and you don't feel like going into work fine one day but if it's becoming this prolonged thing where get the thought of going to work makes you Mm. feel sick or you Mm. know you feel like you're going to shut down and 
you force yourself to go, then you end up having like, I don't know, a panic attack or whatever. And it's like over this prolonged period, anybody would tell you, you need to sit down somewhere Mm. and regroup and then come back. So I think that's something like, you know, kind of all jokes are shy. She needs to do that. Definitely. Because otherwise she's just gonna keep going on tour, not fixing whatever it is that is causing her obviously social anxiety is is still like a relatively new term yes um and i think it's even more than social anxiety i think she just has anxiety point blank period yeah definitely for her yeah Yeah. because small or big it's almost like she doesn't want to be in any new space and she's so young because i think again i think about myself sorry to keep bringing yeah yeah but i think about when so she's like early 20s probably yeah um, when I was that age, I remember having anxiety, but not really understanding what it was. What it is? Yeah. I just remember thinking, I just like I'd be out with my friends and be like, "I'm going home," mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "We just got here," and I'll just leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm one of those people. You know, some people would be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna leave in a bit," and then they'll be like, "They're gonna, you know, work their way around the room and say goodbye." If I said I'm leaving. You'll turn around and you'll be like, oh, where's Mo? I'm in, I'm in the Uber already mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm in the house already mm-hmm. because I've decided I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm leaving. So when I got older, then there was terminology, there was language to kind of like describe what it was that I was feeling. Yeah. So, you know, even understanding what an introvert is mm-hmm. and understanding how, you know, basically it's about energy that it, you find it's quite energy consuming when you're interacting with other people. Yeah. Whereas an extrovert gains energy from interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, so I, th- I think I've lost my point, but basically I think she's so young she probably needs time to work out coping mechanisms yeah. to manage that and how that, that how does that work for her so maybe for her it's like she does small gigs yeah because for me i would be like okay i'm gonna go to this networking event and i'm gonna stay for maybe like 10 minutes but i'm gonna try and make sure i talk to at least two new people mm-hmm. so that's my coping mechanism i'm not gonna stay long but i've still networked a little bit then i'm gonna leave or I'll go to an event and I've got like a person that, okay, when it's getting a bit too overwhelming, I'll go and see one of my friends and just kind of like, just stand next to them and just like take a break. Mm-hmm. So maybe she needs to work out what her coping mechanisms are. It's going to be, yeah. 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 Have you ever been in a situation where you felt any kind of like social anxiety? Um, I think, well, I had therapy a couple of years ago, this is back okay. in 2013, um, and that, unraveled issues that I didn't even know I had but um the I think it's so nice yeah. that people can just say look oh I, you know my therapist or I took some time out to have therapy to have therapy I need to go back like yeah, it, yeah for real and it doesn't just have to be you know when your life is in turmoil when it's good yes. you should go too like I feel yeah. like you should you should go even if you don't go every week it's fine like maybe like a couple of times in a year go for just a check-in just to Think see about it. yeah you go, you're supposed to go to the dentist Mm-hmm. At regular interview, well, some, interviews, some okay. yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't, I'm not gonna lie; it's not the be- it's not the place that I'm in a hurry to go to. Yeah, but they, yeah, baby, they tell me, they always <laughs> want to try and take that teeth out, but it's okay. <laughs> but they say you're supposed to just go have your teeth checked mm-hmm. or go to the doctors just for a checkup. Mm-hmm. But why don't we feel that we can do that with our mental, mental health. health because we're not especially in an african household i can't speak yes. for other households yes. i just know of the african household we're in, in an african household we're, yes <laughs> african households you know um 
mental illness is seen as a taboo. Yeah. It is, you know. Even when they talk about getting married to somebody, oh, make sure that there's no, there's nobody that's, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's mentally ill in that family, blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. you know. And it's just this taboo. So nobody ever talks about things. And if there was somebody in your family, for most people, if there was somebody in your family who had a mental illness, they were the black sheep. Yeah. You know, and shunned and nobody ever spoke about it and there were a lot of traumas that we've seen and experienced growing up and we never spoke about them it was just kind of glossed over and you find yourself as an adult saying oh my gosh I'm going through it kind of hits you at one point and it's like oh my gosh what is this I thought my life was fine I'm working you know I'm independent I'm doing this 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 and this and it's like why is certain things not making sense for me because there's so much trauma that's kind of built up and you haven't addressed it and it's unpacking that and making sure that we're great human beings for ourselves exactly. but for the people also who have to deal with us day to day and that's another thing <laughs> i think people need to realize that even you looking after your mental health is not just for your benefit nope. it's for everybody around you that yeah. has to interact with you yeah but yeah but yeah sorry like what so in terms of like for you like do you do you are there times in like social situations that you find overwhelming or yes yeah now now um hmm. yes there are times i find uh, i don't know if it's overwhelming sometimes i feel like i can't be bothered ah okay. it's more of a like i can't Almost be bothered like lethargic like, I, yeah i don't want to talk to anybody i don't want to I don't I wouldn't say I, I get anxious in mm. social settings, but I can feel like I don't want to be here. Mm. Um and I don't want to me going up to somebody and talking to them would yeah. be fake. And yeah. the classic example for me can be at work. Mm. At, I don't want to talk to you guys. I don't find what you're talking about funny. You know, when I was in my early twenties, <laughs> I would go I would either I wouldn't go along with the joke if I'm honest with myself. I don't think I ever did that, but I kind of found very quickly like your banter is not my banter. Yeah. So I'm just gonna go somewhere else. So, you know, I've always like taught science. So I wouldn't sit in the science staff yeah. room or prep room. I'd go into the main staff room yeah. because, you know, people weren't worrying about what kind of food I was eating or, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was just cool. It was just a different realm. And yeah. I felt like more mixed. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I'm just at a point in my life where I can't like, I don't find, whatever i don't even watch tv like what comes on bbc one and bbc two and all these things i don't watch or listen to these things oh well as in like to have like the work chat about what was on tv the night before yeah or like (laughs) certain comedians yeah yeah like i don't find them funny yeah and neither am i going to you can't try to isolate me or make me feel some type of way because i'm not into what you're into i just I feel I feel like again this year I've kind of decided I want to be in a space where I'm surrounded by people that get me and I can also be myself. Do you think that's been a kind of like a result of your like therapy in terms of like you you realize okay obviously you're taking your mental health and well-being more seriously Mm -hmm. so do you feel that you're maybe more kind of like less patient in terms of like or not maybe not less less patient but you're like okay this isn't good for me so I'm gonna remove myself from the situation yeah because one thing that I was taught growing up was compromise but I just kept compromising myself yeah and you find people around you don't do the same yeah so here I am making myself small because you know this year again 
this year has taught me so many different things about myself and all I've, you know, kind of moving forward, my thing is to just be so in tune with myself that even if if, if something like is off, <laughs> even slightly, I can pick it up there and then and deal yeah. with it and not wait until I'm in, in, in the mist. So I kind of lost track of my... Oh, no sorry no no it's important because i but, think yeah. i think it is also part of that so basically for you you in terms of like maybe it's not social anxiety but you have more like that lethargic feeling of like just like mm. not being bothered to do stuff yes yes yeah yeah i have i have had anxiety um i had a couple of panic attacks last year right but again okay. and in fact one i had at work in front of the kids at school wow. um and again it was just me not I didn't sorry want to be just for the listeners yeah you, obviously you're a teacher so i'm a teacher yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i didn't i didn't want to be there I didn't okay. want, and i was picking myself up and taking myself into work like you do just yeah. keep going just keep going just keep going and my body said we're not you know brain if you want to pretend it's like you want to be here reach your capacity that is yeah that is on you but body has said we, we're not doing this wow um, so I think that that's what it is for me. It's like, it's not necessarily social. I just think my body says to me, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that she can, so Summer Walker, I hope that she can work it out. And yeah. like I said, I think maybe it's about her record company giving her time for some artist development. Yeah. Doing smaller gigs. Yeah. first rather than like a big tour like with yeah. loads of dates as well it is important um, yeah and then yeah and we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. a similar thing i don't know if you been there's a uk artist called rams um he had a song called barking yes i so, do know that song so him, <laughs> he uh he blew up quite quickly as yeah, well yeah. and I, I don't like to say this word blew up quite quickly because obviously you don't know the work that people yeah yeah beforehand. but it's almost kind of like i think you know they say like a overnight sensation yeah. is years in development kind of thing. But yeah. I know what you mean. We we've only we came to know about him within a short short space, space of, of time. Exactly. So um, you know he performed. I think was it last year? Either last year or something. He that there was some issues yeah, with that, and he couldn't hear himself. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, it didn't quite go according to plan. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. And, and again, he's talked about his problems with mental health um, over the you know the past year or so since that event and yeah. it is making sure that record labels go back to caring about their mm. artists now beforehand i'm not saying that they did care because obviously they they took them for yeah, all I the mean, money that they possibly could tlc yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> okay you know there was there were, there were there were so many of them um who obviously were taken advantage of but at mm. least they cared enough for how they looked as a record label yeah. to make sure that they developed these people in terms yes. of their artistry and performance and image and you know but artists were polished i think also what it is is that we're in an age of social media yeah so this is so you can hear from all of your fans you so if you, you're talking about um rams yeah he obviously he had that performance it didn't come you know didn't come across well Mm -hmm. not only did he know it didn't work well the whole internet were telling him so i remember i was um the tag me in podcast guys Mm -hmm. they um did a tweet where they said that you know do you think social media is detrimental to mental health Mm -hmm. and i said social media is actually great it's you know it allows like people like us to promote our podcast to audiences 
it's great. Mm-hmm. I can see things. I've discovered new content. Amazing. But our brains have, are not set up to take in that much information and opinions yes. of from other people. Yes. So can you imagine? It's one thing knowing that, okay, I did something and it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people saw it. But can you imagine you've got like thousands of people online just saying like how harsh. rubbish or crap mm. you are. Yeah. yeah. In in a few tweets kind of thing or stories or Snapchats mm. or Facebook um, posts and everything. So f- for mentally, it is quite tough. So I've, and then I think back to like Summer Walker, I've not even um, seen her in concert, but I've seen clips where people are like, okay, you know, she's not a good performer or she looks a bit awkward. Her meet and greets are not very good. <laughs> she like, says she don't want to touch anybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't bug, either. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. People get, are quite yeah, disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, but some people also want to push boundaries. Yes. Um, and I think, again, age does play a part in it. Obviously, there can be young people... Yeah. Um, because I don't want it to be like this whole she's young, she's lost, or whatever. There obviously are people yeah, yeah. who, from a young age, will tell you, Look, listen, these are my boundaries. Yeah. She needs to discover her boundaries and what they are and put them in place. Right, so Alex, do, are you? Do you care about the environment? I do. Do you care about sustainability? I do. Are you making changes? I try. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the things I want to talk and about, I, and I mean it genuinely, I do. Yeah. Oh no, no, mm-hmm. I believe you. <laughs> One of the things I want to talk about, because I actually work in sustainability. Yeah. So one of the things that I was like perusing the internet and I came across them, um, you know, the grapevine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a topic, do black people care about climate change? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I was thinking like, why wouldn't they? And then I asked a few different people and, it, and the answers were kind of like varied mm-hmm. and everything. So, you know, we had the extinction revolution, no, extinction revolution people that were like protesting. Yes. And people glued themselves, glued themselves to like the, to the, train and to to the, the floor. DLR. Oh and, my gosh. you know, and people were on top of the tube, <laughs> uh, you know, to protest climate mm-hmm. change and mm-hmm. everything. And then you have that girl, that Greta, who is very vocal about, okay, things that we're, you know, that we need to stop doing. And then one of the things I was thinking about in the whole realm of like sustainability and being like eco-friendly, there's not many black people, I would say, that are talking on the platform. There are some, but not as visible. And then also I was thinking about, okay, what changes would you be willing to make in your life? Mm -hmm. So what, so for instance, what do you do now? Um, Recycle. Okay. Recycle something and reuse something as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, cut back on paper. Right. Um, just buy what I need. And that's in all aspects of my life. So clothes. Because I was going to ask you about clothing. Yeah. So I literally... It's, it's, it is to do with money as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't got time to be, like, just spending money anyhow. But 
consumerism is something that has been sold to us. It's indoctrinated. Like and I think that's oh what the root... So, so in terms of like so, so, so sustainability for me, or so we're basically, we're consuming too much. Yes. We're consuming and wasting too much food. Mm-hmm. We are consuming and wasting in terms of like fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, when you think about like, we throw things away, people need to understand that goes to landfill. What landfill is, is basically just this hole that they've dug it in the ground and they throw rubbish into it. Yeah. That is gonna take probably thousands of years, if not more, to disintegrate because mm-hmm. plastic doesn't go away. Yeah. So, but I think about the system that we're living in is set up to do that. So if you think about fashion, so back in the day, you see something on the catwalk and then maybe three seasons later, you see the high street version mm-hmm. of that. Now you see something called a celebrity. Within weeks, it's available on one of these online fashion retailers mm-hmm. and you and for very cheap. So people, I think, don't value clothing because if you've paid like five pound for like a skirt, you're not gonna treasure, look after that item. So when it falls apart, you don't really um, have any issue with it. You just be like, oh, I'm gonna get another like five pound like dress. So that's my kind of whole thing, like the whole consumerism piece. I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I guess black people do care. Yeah, I think we do care. I think you're gonna get some people say, I yes, I care, but I've got more pressing issues to worry about. Yes. You're definitely gonna get that. Um, and I think, again, with sustainability, there is a certain amount of money that comes, or a certain, I, I feel like, obviously anyone's open to dispute, but it's seen there's as a, a level of, privilege almost that comes with sustainability it does so if i'm just make if i'm just have enough money to get by yeah you know i might want to do more and then someone comes along (laughs) and says you should be using recycled um plastic and you're thinking i just about managed to afford this (laughs) and you want to come and judge me (laughs) um it's funny because i actually asked my mum the question um what because we have discussions all the time and especially when i talk about what i'm going to talk about on the podcast and she's like oh yeah she's got an opinion on that so I'm gonna insert a clip, I'm gonna pay it for you, Alex, um, of what my mum thinks about sustainability. Okay. (laughs) Say what you wanna say about sustainability. Okay, if I can pronounce it. Yeah, go on. No, just say what you're saying. So stability, Africa has been um, doing recycling. Talk to me how you say it. Oh, okay. You can even say in Yoruba if you want. We have been doing all these things years and years and years because in Africa, we recycle ages even before I was born. If you use a plastic bag or plastic container, yeah. we might uh, hold a plastic container in our house for over five, ten years. Even when the plastic container may be damaged or whatever, it's like a pain because it's like part of the family. And uh, the trees, or maybe we call the trees or whatever, it's not for our own self, it's for the Western world. We use it, I mean, all this house, uh, all the doors, all the banister, all the whatever. Many of them, they're from Africa. In the 60s, when I was growing up, I have to carry, yeah. I don't know the name for it, the wood, you know, the like um, door frame or whatever on your head, the raw one. 
before they treat it and then we uh, take them to the river so that they can ship it to the western world and then uh, maybe by the time you go up and down up and down maybe five times they pay you two pence because we were spending pence in those days so all this um 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 climate climate warming it started because of the consumption of western world what about organic food? What do you mean? Oh, we are the best of organic food. In those days, nobody termed organic food because even like the cocoa yam, they just grow white. And um, we plant our tomato, chili, you know, not the scotch bonnet alone, the small ones. Everything we eat is we organic because nobody used fertilizer or whatever. But maybe late um, 70s, then um, the Western was started to send fertilizer for us. But still, um, what they call organic here and now, I don't know the definition of organic in um, Western world, but I think organic start from Africa. And when I say organic, even the chicken you eat, when you eat chicken of, uh, from uh, in, uh, in Nigeria or in those days, it's like you have to fight it after boiling or frying or whatever because chicken, you don't kill chicken maybe even sometimes 10 years old before you eat it. It's not overnight um, like the way they farm it in Western world. But so... So that was my mum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that kind of gave me a little bit more of it. So going back to your point about a privilege. So for her, my mum is just like, well, we've been doing this. How we used to be back in the day, she's like, we were um, eco-friendly. We just didn't know that we were being eco-friendly. We were just living life. Mm -hmm. um, reusing things because obviously, especially like back home in Nigeria, because everything has a value, you want to get the most out of every single item that you buy. So you do recycle, you do reuse. And then the whole thing about organic food, my mum is very vocal about this mm -hmm. because she's like, you know, where we consume too much meat in this country, we have chickens that are like days old. And she's talking about, you know, in Nigeria when she was a child, you'd kill a chicken, maybe one of the chickens like eight years old. That's why the, the, the chicken is so tough, the meat kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have to do boiling chicken, isn't it? <laughs> have you seen boiling chicken? Boiling meat, yes, yes, yes. It's different. Like, it looks like it's had a hard life. Even the way that it's chicken has done, done years. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, but that's literally how it is because it's kind of... So, you know, you wouldn't have, like, meat every single day, that kind of thing. So for her, she does get quite annoyed with the whole kind of, like, oh, you know, recycle, do this, do that. She's like, I'm doing it already. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, like, to your point as well, with I find with a lot of black people... There is so much other things going on. There's we're fighting institutionalized um, um, racism. As a black woman, you're fighting sexism and racism at the same time. We're fighting our, you know, to survive. You know, you know, like you've got police brutality. You've got, you know, issues at work. So for for me, sometimes I'm a bit like, you know what? I'm gonna use a single use plastic bottle. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much other things going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's how it is for a lot of people. I think, um, you know, listening to your mom, 
yeah. it's just a reminder how of how beautiful Africa is. Yes. You know, in so many African countries, you know, you you they call it the crate. You know, you have the gr- the crate of like Coke or Fanta yes. or whatever, and I you grew can't up with that. Yeah, you can't get a new one. So maybe there might be twenty four in the yeah. case. You make sure they're all full, and then you exchange it, and then yeah. you get the new and, one. If and that is those re- bottles get reused how many times? Exactly. If that isn't the epitome of reusing something, I don't know what is. And it's a system, and it works beautifully. And when you break a bottle, like it's like all hell has broken loose like because oh my gosh it's money. exactly you know it's um you know there's so many things like your mum said that that have been embedded in yeah. our culture and i i do believe that there's so many things fundamentally that we are as human beings we're yeah. not naturally wasteful no we're not naturally um you know not concerned for other people but we've we've been taught through consumerism to be selfish yes that's all that i think we've been taught that you can have it yeah and there's no consequences yes um and you can have it now as well so with like next day delivery same day delivery Mm -hmm. you know i've ordered stuff of amazon and it's come within two hours yeah so now i have the expectation that i can get things that instantly Mm -hmm. and it's not that in itself is not sustainable. Yeah. So one of the things that um, they've talked about is that us as humans, air travel. So do you do you think so you could maybe um, reduce your air travel to maybe like once in two years? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I think for me that's where I probably draw the line. So just air travel. So you could go to Europe. So go yeah. Euro style on a train. Yeah. And so you can go places on the train. I, I don't want any parts of Europe, but this whole Brexit or no Brexit part. No, oh, yeah. I don't. Let's see. Yeah. They'll let us in anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I think... So is if they were to limit... Okay, maybe every two years is, is a big jump. How about you can only fly once a year? I think I could do once a year. Okay. I could do that. Um, it would be good for my pocket. Yeah. Um, but yeah even now you've got like um more fuel friendly flights as well yes. you can pick that there so, and i don't know how that works i think it's just more about them offsetting so for every flight that they do they do something to counter balance okay. that but for me i don't think it really address, addresses the the problem yeah we because because for instance like air travel was something that was quite special mm-hmm. but now you can get flights for like 10 pounds to where just places in Europe. Okay. Like, so for me, so I wanted to go to France. It was cheaper for me to fly to um, get the Eurostar. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it does work out like that. Sometimes mm. Eurostar can be quite expensive. So can I put another one to you? Okay. So how often do you shop for clothing? These days, like I said, it's on a need to have basis. Like I do, the last time I did a shop, the last time I bought something, clothing, I think it was August. Okay. So, okay, that was a while ago. Yeah, so it was a little while. August, September, yeah. yeah. So it's that been is, a while. Okay, so maybe this wouldn't hurt for you. Say you could only shop once a year for five items. For five items. I might need... I, I need jumpers. This country is cold. So maybe five <laughs> items is not going to quite cut it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think over time, um, I've learned to just 
buy quality things that are not mm-hmm. going to last me for a long time. I'm not a celebrity, so you will see me wearing the same outfit again. Yeah. That also mentality is something that does not is not going to shake me. Um, because nobody's buying my clothes. I'm buying my own clothes. Yeah. I know that I'm going to wear that outfit again at some See, point. See, even that, the whole thing of like, like people thinking about not repeating outfits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point of High Street. You're supposed to repeat it. Yeah. So one thing, so I bought a coat um, about a year ago, so last winter, and I literally spent about a month looking for a coat because I was like, this coat is going to last me 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, the materials, how it looks. I bought very simple style. It's just plain black, belted um, coat, and it keeps me warm. That's mm-hmm. it. Okay, last one. How about going vegan? Um. Well, I'm pescatarian. Oh, okay. So you're you're there. Yeah. I'm pes- well, almost. Well, yeah. So I did have. I do have stints of being vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, I don't even do dairy, so no I mean. could, I could black people. We're not supposed to have um, da- um, well, dairy. We're, we're point black period. We're not supposed to have. <laughs> we're not supposed to have dairy. It's, Humans are the only mammal that drinks another mammal's milk. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Again, <laughs> probably consumers. You know, I want to know who was the first person. person <laughs> who was the decided? first person that was like cow's milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was that? Yeah, I want to know. And why cow's milk? Yeah. Why not pig's milk? Exactly. Mind blown. But for me, I, I drink almond milk. Dairy does not agree with me. So I, so I don't do dairy. I am, I'm slightly um, lactose. I have an intolerance to lactose yeah, yeah. as well. And um, so I've kind of like, I don't really have like milk, raw milk and stuff. But you know what really put me off? What? when i read somewhere there that there is a tolerance for the amount of pus and blood allowed in cow's milk Mm -hmm. so they'll be like okay you're allowed i think it's like five percent or something Mm -hmm. and that was like that's enough yeah (laughs) so almond milk rice milk there's loads of alternatives yeah And, and you can get them like almond milk because you can I think I buy three for three pounds from like yeah. Asda or something and you can just keep it in the cupboard it's yeah. fine you don't have to worry about obviously once you open it you have to yeah. consume it within a but certain amount of with, time the same with rice milk but yeah well. coconut milk all these yeah. different milks oh yeah coconut milk I love um, coconut milk ice cream yeah yeah see that's yeah. a great vegan you know yeah. alternative to ice um to, to regular ice cream so going vegan for me um I th- I believe I could do okay I do I mean I I love salmon. I love salmon. Salmon is my weakness. Okay. I don't eat salmon every day though. Yeah. And I do have meat-free days. Yeah, me too. So again, in terms of that, you know, it is... I, yeah, I think I could... Do you know what show I love watching? I don't know if you've ever seen, but Tiny Houses? No, I've not seen it. It's on YouTube. Like, if you just type in Tiny Houses, Tiny oh my houses. gosh, like, these people who have literally houses... They're so small, but they literally have only what you need to have in them. Oh, okay. I think I've seen things like that where people literally live in that very minimalistic lifestyle where it's just kind of like everything is so compact Mm -hmm. and, you know, they have like one pair of shoes and that kind of thing. Yeah, they utilise every single bit of space. The stairs has got storage in it. Yeah. And they like live at one with nature or something. I feel that's kind of like a... I feel that's where we're going yeah i feel we're getting to that point where 
we are going to have to live very differently so they're talking about you know like you know like not a lot of people in london have like milk delivered to them Mm -hmm. so now we're kind of going back that route to Mm -hmm. having milk and you put out your old milk bottles yeah to have them reused you have like in some supermarkets where you bring your containers to have like and then you um it dispenses cereal mm-hmm. rather than you buying individual cereal boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it is kind of like going out. I mean, technically, you should go to a fruit and veg store and buy your fruit. Well, that's what I'm used to in rather the UAE. than yeah. having stuff individually wrapped. Yeah, and buying it. So yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see. So I, I wouldn't say I'm ready to go out on the streets and protest with no. the. Um, climate extinction whatever guys you know in Trafalgar Square I didn't know what they were doing in Trafalgar Square anyway but anyway I'm not ready to do that but I definitely think that I am ready to make some big changes and I think for black people specifically this is our opportunity to turn this into our industrial revolution Mm. so when I think of like um, Africa as a continent not a country I <laughs> I do think this is our this is our opportunity to really use innovation learn from what we've done previously to lead this and to monetize it as well mm-hmm. so because it's this because if you think of space a place like Africa that continent has everything there there are still natural resources there so they really need to protect those from outsiders Mm -hmm. and we all know who those are yeah that just want to come in and waste you know the other thing you know your your mum talked about value and you've also talked about value as well I think as much as Africans know that they have valuable things they still don't know the value of them yeah and it's been outsiders that have come in and seen oh my gosh they you have this jewel yeah but if we try and play it down to them like it's something that oh, isn't that we'll important just come and collect it from you. you yeah we're doing you a favor by taking it off oh. of you and then use it um and sell it to the world as consumerism and triple or quadruple the price you know let's come in and make money off of it and it's yeah. the purity of the people on that land that has allowed that's that's been their weakness and yeah put them in the current position that they're in at also the some moment. people's greed as well yeah of course of course yeah. of course but it's yeah. it's been a few pe- greedy people at the top yeah but the majority of people you know the actual everyday people yeah were, didn't have that mindset yeah and on that note let's move on to our next topic So it's, I wanted to talk about this and I didn't, I didn't want to talk about this, if this makes sense. So obviously everyone's talked about the whole TI situation. Mm. So I'm going to just, I'm just going to just say it in a really quick way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I kind of want to take a different angle, but basically TI the rapper was taking his 18 year old daughter to the gynecologist to check that her hymen was intact. So he knew that she was still a virgin. Mm-hmm right disgusting so there was that and i listened to so many pods discuss it Mm -hmm. and one thing i must say is um listening to men discuss this topic versus women discuss this topic can be very different Mm -hmm. and i think you know bless guys some of their understanding of why this is such an invasion 
of her body was varied but one of the things that also I want to talk about is um, I was listening to the No Shade podcast Mm -hmm. and they talked about it and they mentioned about a situation where a girl presented um, at her wedding to her dad a certificate proving that her hymen was intact and that was almost like her wedding gift to him and it just made me think about this whole kind of male ownership of women's bodies and how it seems to still be there Mm -hmm. so you have ti trying to in his eyes protect his daughter but he's not using that same energy for his son no i don't hear i never hear stories of like trying to keep my son pure Mm -hmm. and untouched by you know evil women Mm -hmm. yet there's these men kind of like wanting to like you know in their eyes in quotation marks protect their young you know naive um girls and then also this whole thing almost like transfer of ownership from dad to husband Mm -hmm. so i've said a lot yeah (laughs) what do you think Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack. Um, right. I'm not a big T.I. fan. I haven't been a T.I. fan for a long time. I was when I was younger, when yeah, I was a teenager. Too. There were some tunes there. Yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. In terms of him being a rapper, I have no issues with him I in think, terms of... Um, why you want to do that? Yeah, that was obviously like a, a, a banger. Like he, he has been consist- consistent in terms of his artistry. Yeah, we'll I, give him that. Well, I'll give him that. My issues with T.I., um, and I've spoken about this before on my podcast. In fact, uh, I spoke about it with... with Big Wahala actually. Oh yeah. Um how I feel about T I. He is, you know, a hypocrite, you know, he preaches mm-hmm. about family but his family is in turmoil. Yeah, he that ch- continuously cheats on his openly, wife. openly, yes. Openly. Like we all see it. And then <laughs> will make her seem like she's crazy yeah. for bringing it up to him. But all of that aside, this is um oh my gosh. You know what? Nipsey Hus there's a Nipsey Hustle phrase that I keep saying over and over mm-hmm. again because it's so important for us to remember we don't own anybody we are only here to experience people your child your wife your husband boyfriend whatever you don't Mm -hmm. own anybody in this life you don't you know what i'm gonna insert a clip of that yes (laughs) i need to find it but i'll insert it people need to it needs to be on banners people need to get it (laughs) tattooed like it needs to be somewhere because this ownership you know we think that or it's kind of taught to us that men um, have this kind of ownership over women. No, men have ownership over men too, because um, the ultimate goal for is, is, you know, patriarchy, and that is governed by white men. So black men may Mm. not try to say this, uh, will, will not try to say this openly, but they want to, have the same power as as, as white men mm-hmm. and white women too. They want to have the same to, power to as white. To be fair, yeah. people want to be on top. Yeah, and they're they're the ones so that's at the top. There's a system at the top. Yeah, there's a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be at the bottom. Mm. And if you're in the hierarchy somewhere, you want to maneuver to the top. Yes, but there's this thing. There is definitely this thing about you know. So again, listen to another podcast. I'm mm-hmm. listen, You know, I listen to loads. Yeah. So I was listening to the Don't Black Dad podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about being dads of um, black girls. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came up almost instantly was like, oh, you know, I love being a dad to a girl, but, you know, I worry about when she hits puberty and having to almost like, again, protect her from men. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, I'm listening to these things and I'm like, men are really scared about other men, you know, I don't know, violating, you know, their young women. But then I think, but you're a man, so why don't you address the root cause that is other men? So what are you teaching your sons? No, you're not. And that's and that's what I always go back to, like rather than, you know, saying to your daughters, like, okay, don't dress like that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Why don't we just maybe have a conversation with the sons and saying, guys, you don't do these things as well. Mm-hmm. Then you wouldn't have to worry as much mm-hmm. about, okay, some like young guy doing what you did 30 years earlier yeah. to another like young girl. Yeah. Um, again, you know, there's so many conversations that obviously I'm I'm not a man. I don't know necessarily what men Me talk neither. about. Me neither. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what men talk about in their spare time um, when they're just in in their own groups. Yeah. But um, I know that what women talk about when we're in our own groups, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, a common theme for us or a common thread for us has been us you know, the objectification of us as women, mm-hmm. um, how we make ourselves small in order to not necessarily be seen in a sexual way by men. And still, you know, like, the, I'm gonna give, the gym is one place, like, oh when I go to the gym, I, I believe in my head that I look a hot mess. So do not look at me. Like, don't look at also, me. don't offer me advice if I didn't yeah, ask you. Yeah. Do you work at the gym? No. no. So then you don't need to be talking to me. So gym, I've had this discussion and I've literally, so my gym does women only Tuesdays. Okay. That's when I go. Yeah. Have a good time, work out That's so nice, on the yeah. treadmill, yeah. in the weight section, yeah. in the, you know, then I, yeah, get tired and leave. But still, I'm there. Yeah. But I, it's almost kind of like, oh, you know, you're not doing it correctly. Let me show you mm. when it's like, um, when men are in there as well. And like I said, it always comes down to like this ownership. Also, going back to men's opinion on black women's hair. And I, again, I listen to pods, I read stuff online and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm not having any conversation or I'm not listening to any conversation about a black woman's hair that doesn't involve black women. Mm-hmm. They're the only people that I trust their opinion mm-hmm. or even want to hear their opinion. Mm-hmm. Everyone else can shh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to engage in that conversation with you. No. So if you want, you can talk about it. But yeah. I'm, you're not going to get that um, from me. So in terms of hair, I will do it how I want to do it. Um, and that's point black period. I don't need to explain myself to you no. at all. See, I used to I used to be that explainer or um, hair apologist. Yeah. But like, oh, you know, it's a protective style because, you know, it's winter. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying to grow my natural hair. Or, you know, yes. And I'm like, hold on, it's my hair. Do what I like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I want to wear a wig, if I want to wear braids, I want to wear my hair out, if I want to straighten it, want to shave it all off and get it my bold scalp tatted, it's my mm-hmm. um, prerogative. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, but again, there's this some, I don't know if I would call it like a privilege or a, they feel they have a right. Yeah. But there is this kind of, sometimes it feels like, yeah, it's genuine protection and concern, but other times it just feels like a control. Yeah. Why is that control? Why is, 
almost like um, a girl's virginity becomes a commodity mm-hmm. that it's like that's that almost adds value to her um going back to what you said in terms of control go for it i'm always gonna you know as human beings for the most part a lot of us are not taught to kind of deal with our own internal issues what's going on with us it's so easy for you to point the finger at somebody else and pick out somebody else's and i think that that's what a lot of men do how many women how many of your female friends are out there working on themselves going to therapy Mm -hmm. meditating Pray, whatever it is, whatever it is that they yeah. need to do on a, some physically sort of physically, mentally. mentally, exactly. Yeah. Inside out, holistically, trying to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Now, this is not for me to sit here and say that men don't do that, but I know that a lot of men do, don't do that. Yeah. They don't take the time to holistically work on themselves. And guess what? If you're not working on yourself, guess who mm. you're going to be? you're going to be so focused on everybody and everything else. Yeah. When you're in tune with you, you don't have time. You don't mm. look left, you look you don't look right. When you're driving, if you don't focus on 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 you driving and you're too distracted by the car to the left of you, guess who's going to have accident? You. Yeah. But if you're focused on yourself, then, you know, then you work on being the best version of yourself and therefore I believe you become light as opposed to a control freak. Um that's just my do you, do you think men almost kind of like feel guilty or for their past sins yes so they are they become extra kind of like concerned when it comes to like their girls yeah they can do that you know it's like oh yeah i knew god was gonna give me girls because yeah. i ran through so many different women when i was <laughs> younger and he gave me girls to teach me a lesson yeah. and you know like like god is you know playing this game with you um, and almost yeah. like having a, a daughter is a punishment. is a punishment. It's yeah. not a punishment, it's a blessing. Yeah. Honestly, like I wake up every single day happy that God made me a black woman. Yeah. Um, and that I'm here, you know, existing in this space, challenges, all of that. It's, you know, it's made me who I am. And I think that men need to start to look at us and say, wow, you know, we instead of us trying to control them what can we learn from them and can i just caveat this before anybody tweets or gets angry? oh i'm happy for the tweets <laughs> <laughs> just caveat this to just say we're not saying all men no of course not we're not saying everybody we're just saying some but let me say that if you're offended by this sir maybe it is speaking <laughs> yeah. to you okay if you're triggered, triggered yeah if you're true. triggered then maybe you need to go and think about something in your life <laughs> yeah that, you that you're not to. doing correctly that you know if it's hurting your chest oh well it's for you yeah I I definitely I must say like as I've gotten older in terms of like my body I kind of go through phases where I'm like yeah like you know this is me I'm all accepting and other times I'm just like oh what's going on why is it like this and everything and it's that constant battle yes so I think about when I was younger as well, especially when you was going through puberty, mm-hmm. just that feeling of being so like awkward and things growing and appearing and you're just like, oh my God, what's happening? I can't imagine my dad being that intrusive in terms of what's going on with me physically. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other issue is this, the the lack of knowledge regarding the anatomy yeah. 
So uh, from not just men, from, but from women as well. Like yeah. I, I don't think I, I knew where the clip was until I was in, until I was like twenty one. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I think I thought. It's, it's yeah, true. I did, think did, I thought that was where the P came out. Yeah, so did I. I thought that, that was where the P came out. I think I was maybe like 21, 22 when I found out. I was like, oh, oh that's there's not, a whole other there's hole. A, there's another hole. Oh, okay. I thought it was all connected. And that in itself, even the hymen, even that, the way it's taught, you know, this, that it's this cherry that's popped. No, yeah. it, that's not necessarily how it works. No. Um, your hymen can still very much be intact if you are not a virgin. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this thing that is- Also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure most girls just lose their hymen randomly anyway. No, but it's still- like- but- rigorous acti- activity but it's there like um there was a really good video that explained how it is as opposed to it um being this i remember when i was younger think- i feel like people think it's almost like a door yes like <laughs> a you know like cling film right yeah and then you poke through <laughs> yeah or like a drum you know the drum yeah the, the thing on the <laughs> like drum, the african like punch drum through, yeah. like the skin you're just gonna punch through and then <laughs> Ta-da! Ta-da, you're here. <laughs> it's not there anymore. Whereas no, um, this this video really, really like brilliantly displayed what it's like. It's like um, you know, a balloon arch. Yeah. Explaining it like that, like it's like a balloon arch, and you can like maybe hit it, but it will still be intact, yeah. or you know, you can cause some damage to it, but it will manage to heal and so on mm. and so forth. And and the fact that he thinks that he can take his daughter, even though she's 18 years old, mm. even younger, to me. But that's that's what I think it kind of bothered me the most was, again, it's that ownership control that that's his, almost like he's protecting an investment and he's gone to go and check on it's his more investment. than that for me it's it's insidious like i'm that doesn't sit well with me at all of for so not. many reasons and the fact that um tiny so ti's wife the fact that there's no objection from her i mean she's not her mum oh is it so oh, so, okay. Okay, so that, that was that was another thing i listened to quite right, a few right, 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 everyone right. keeps them think they think that tiny's the mum of Deja. Okay. So this is his um, previous partner. Right, right, right. Um, okay, I didn't know that. And because they, she, Tiny has another daughter called Zonny. Yeah, who, yeah, the older. She's yeah. like 21, 22. Yeah, who T.I. is not the father Yeah, of. father. Yeah, so I knew that. Yeah, so, so this is, but still, she has a mum and Tiny is still her stepmom as well. Yeah. Somebody, somebody mm-hmm. must have said like, hey, this is not okay you know for you to follow her to the gynecologist appointment for the sole reason Mm -hmm. of understanding um is her hymen intact yeah not even like okay i want to have an open relationship with my daughter so she feels that she can talk about sex with me and her sexual health but you just want to just you've just got one question yeah yeah that yeah for me I just think a lot of people have glossed over it. Like yeah. they've, they've said, oh, you know, they've either said, oh my gosh, it's really bad or it's yeah. not really bad. Or, you know, they, they still don't understand the intrusiveness of this and the yeah. fact that he's taking her to the gynecologist and the fact that the gynecologist, if they are actually given mm. information that's cor- correct, because- I don't, I don't, I don't you know, oh, I'm, I'm not a gynecologist. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of just, like I said, I just wanted to bring that topic up in terms of, I just feel like there's this um, unspoken, not even unspoken, but it's spoken kind of like this 
need for control over women's oh, bodies yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just want to understand aren't you guys tired because I am Okay, so Alex, we've reached the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Woo woo! Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Thank you for to having chat me. To me, how did you find it? Yeah, it was great. It's always yeah. great um, meeting up with like a fellow podcaster. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So, where can the good people find you? You can find the podcast. So at uh, advice with Alex. <laughs> you I forgot for a moment. I know, I know, my gosh, it's so bad. I'll say that again with no pauses. At advice with Alex on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Um, the show comes on every Sunday, so we're on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple, and iHeartRadio as well. And it's really yeah. random, but for anybody in America, which took me by surprise, there are American mm-hmm. people that listen and watch. Yeah. Um. So available in those places, and you can follow me personally at from alexandra x on instagram and twitter as well and i'll put a link to all of alex's um, socials in the podcast description as per um, normal and as always you can find color out the back color out the box i've got it now sorry i passed it on to you <laughs> you can find color out the box on instagram twitter and facebook do rate the podcast do put a review um comment what do you think i'd love to hear from some of the guys as well in terms of do you think that there is a control over women's bodies or are we just two bitter women just talking a whole load of nonsense let us know i don't mind love (laughs) views so yeah so until next time thank you for listening bye bye Then continue that way. There's going to be a man that loves you the way that you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On that note, let's take a moment.